This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8.net toll free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features there are completely free. We are recovering from a server crash earlier this week. I'd say probably 95% of the site is operating correctly, functioning correctly, though there is a chance you'll run into a bug. If so, do report it on our bulletin board system at bbs.freetalklive.com. But otherwise, enjoy all of the, the free features at freetalklive.com. We start things out here tonight with uh, a good friend and a guest, a frequent guest on the show. It's Jim Babka from DownsizeDC.org. Good evening, Jim. Good evening, guys. Hey, how are you tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Excellent. Well, that's good to hear. You must have uh, something positive going on with DownsizeDC.org. What is going on these days? Well, I think the most exciting thing for all of us is that Congress is out of session at the moment. They yes. went home for, and had turkey just like the rest of us. That means they can do minimal damage if they're not in Washington, D.C., right? Exactly. But they certainly do get busy when they get back. Yes, they do. And uh, we're keeping an eye on a couple of things. Uh, right now, there's a potential that they're going to damage the vitamin manufacturer's business. And if you're taking vitamins, they may be coming after you. Right before they left to go off to elections, they decided to go after poker websites and try to uh, cut off their ability to do transactions. They Mm -hmm. inserted that into another bill uh, in dealing with ports. Not sure what the connection between ports and poker is. but They both uh, start with the letter P. Yes. There you go. See, I I was looking for that all along, and I didn't know what the connection was, and now I know. It's that simple. (laughs) And we're still trying to fight the, uh, this, uh, this attempt to uh, do warrantless wiretapping and eavesdropping on American citizens' Internet and phone activities. So you're always busy um, keeping an eye on, keeping tabs on what the government is up to there in Washington. And, of course, Downsize DC, one of my favorite organizations, DownsizeDC.org is the website. We invite everybody to head over there and, and learn about what, it's, what it is essentially. And, Jim Babka, could you describe what Downsize DC the function of your organization is? What is the point of its existence? Well, DownsizeDC.org is seeking to build an army that is so large that Congress can't ignore it, so large that we can begin to get the message out of smaller government everywhere, every day. And the way that we're doing this is we, uh, we have issues that we're targeting and we are communicating with Congress. What we do is give people a portal where they can come in very quickly and simply register with their basic contact information, find out who the representative and two senators are, and then they can use the system from there to send a personalized message that is uh, served over to the web forms on the congressperson and, and senator's web pages all simultaneously. And because it's personalized, because their contact information is included, the congressional office knows that they're hearing from a constituent, and those messages are counted and read. Yeah, they are read. I can say that um, even though my messages can be personalized, I always get a robotic message back from my uh, from my Congress people. For instance, if I um, what, one of the things you'll do is you'll send out periodic updates because there are issues that you've been following for a long time, like say uh, Real ID is one of them. This uh, government, mm-hmm. this plan for the government to institute a national identity card, and every periodically, maybe once a month or something like that, you'll send out a, a message to the downsizers. Uh, that essentially says, okay, well, we need you to hit your uh, hit your representatives again, and you make it so easy. All you have to do is essentially click a link, log in, and of course, logging in and getting registered is completely free. You log in, then you uh, you basically just click a couple more times, and all of a sudden, you've sent off a message to your representative. But it seems like uh, they just have this automatic. Uh, somebody is reading it because what they do is 
there's an, an aide or something like that, congressional aide, that reads the messages that comes in, and then he clicks over, uh, I guess, to some sort of a form letter uh, response, and they print it out, and then they, they actually use the, the the mail system, the USPS, to send me a piece of mail with the exact same message that I got, you know, a month before, and I love their responses because they're so they're so canned. The response from at least here in New Hampshire, I guess some people I've read some uh, some messages on our bulletin board system that says some people don't even hear back from anybody. Well, when I was in Florida, yeah. um, I didn't hear back from any of my uh, Congress nope, critters. Me, I didn't either. But w- now that I'm in New Hampshire, I hear back from a couple of them. Right. Well, it's interesting the way, what they say. They'll they'll write, for instance. They'll write uh, both sides of the issue. They'll take the real ID issue and they'll say, "Well, supporters of real ID say this," and then they'll you know enumerate a few points about uh, why real ID is supposedly a good idea. And then they'll say, "And then the opponents say this." Rest assured, I'm keeping your thoughts in mind. Thanks very much. They don't actually ever take a position, even if you ask for them to take a position. They'll never actually respond to you. They'll never take a position. It's amazing. and, and, that, and we're not actually all that worried about it because the, what we're doing is that every time we go into one of these campaigns, guys, we're, we're focused on one thing, and that's the end game. We want to have an army so big they can't ignore it. It's been said that God is on the side of the bigger battalions. That's a good never point. Bef- never before has Congress been held accountable for so many things uh, as we're going to hold them accountable for. Never before has a force been marshaled like we're going to marshal. And every campaign we go into, our number one objective is to come out of it bigger and stronger than we were before, and that's happening. Uh, we just, in the last uh, 48 hours, caught, crossed 23,800 email subscribers to our downsizer dispatch list. That's fantastic. We're going to keep growing that and growing that and growing that so that it becomes so big that we can get that message out everywhere, every day, so that they can't escape it. We're going to change the very issues that they're debating about, that they're talking about, that they have to campaign on, that they have to respond to media and public inquiry on when they're back home in their district. Right. Now, it's easy for them to look at one message. I used to say on on this show, I used to say, don't waste your time writing your representatives. It's not going to do any good. And without Downsize D.C., I still believe that's that to be true. For instance, if I'm a representative and I get this uh, this email in from one of my constituents and it says, please end the war on drugs, and I say, oh, it's just one guy, you know, just write him a form letter, send it back. But if 100,000 people write in or you know, 10,000 people write in on that one issue, maybe, just maybe, they'll pay some attention and they'll realize that maybe the tides are shifting in America. And I think- it's not worth writing your representative or uh, senator if you sit down with a pencil and paper and then you, you oh write out gosh, a letter and, what then a waste you, of time. and then you go through and you proofread it so you write it again so it's a little neater and there's no spelling errors and then you you know fold it up, put it in an envelope, yeah. spend 39 cents to send it to them. It's just not worth the trouble because they don't care. But when Downsize DC does it, they're receiving thousands and thousands of emails that are personalized from the person on each issue. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Jim, could you enumerate read the bills for us? Because to me, that seems like just the most important thing you guys are doing. It's definitely a key issue, I think, for downside. Yeah, DC. you know, and it's really important with this port security situation. Here we had a bill that was passed dealing with port security, and they decided at the last minute, the Senate Majority Leader did, to insert, uh, used his authority to insert... Uh, an anti-gaming uh, provision, going after poker players, of all people. And, uh, you know, Texas Hold'em poker is a true threat to the republic, and that had to be included <laughs> in this port security bill. And, uh, 
we all woke up the next morning. Nobody knew it was happening until the next morning. We woke up and learned the news that, that he had done this. Right. It, you know, yeah. it's such a great example of how um, how many legislators voted on this had no idea that this particular provision was in this, you know, thousands. They don't read it. They don't read th- it. Hundreds or thousands of page long document that they passed. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And under the Read the Bills Act, the provision that would have stopped this is a seven-day waiting period, a seven-day cooling-off period. Congress seems to think that we needed seven days at one point before we could buy certain weapons. Now we say, hey, look, seven days before you assault us with legislation. And during that seven days, the bill has to be posted on the Internet so that the public has a chance to read it, the watchdog groups, talk show hosts like yourselves. And so that seven-day waiting period would have stopped this from happening because the poker players would have been alerted to what was about to happen to them, and they would have had a chance to respond. Uh, the other provision is an actual re- requirement for Congress to actually read the laws that they pass. Not enough that we read them and are checking up on them. They should be doing their job. We say no legislation without representation. And for us, that means that if they want to cast a yes vote to spend more money, uh, to add new programs or keep existing ones, then they should have to have read the bill and sign an affidavit saying that they have read or have heard, the, heard read the bill. And it's this heard read part that kind of cracks some people up because – the heard red part is that we require a quorum, which the Constitution defines as 50% plus one of the members, to actually sit and listen to a word-for-word, in-order reading of the bill by the clerk. We believe that if that provision was in place, they would have to begin making choices. In 2005, Congress passed 13,988 individual pieces of pork. On Capitol Hill, they call those earmarks. And when those pork pork items totaled up to $27 billion with a B. You know what I love the the most, and hang on, Jim Bapka, we'll come back to you here in a moment. What I love the most about the Read the Bills Act is that it's nonpartisan. Nobody can say, well, that's attacking the Republicans or that's attacking the Democrats. Who could possibly disagree with the idea of ensuring that these representatives actually read the laws that they're passing. Who could disagree with that? 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the packet A toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features, we give them away. And that does include the bulletin board system at bbs.freetalklive.com. I believe we are getting the email problem worked out. Uh, One of the minor glitches we're um, ironing out on our website is that when you sign up for the BBS, it's not sending out the email verification. So I'm I'm being told that's probably going to be worked out sometime tonight. Do bear with us if you can't get in there. You can still go in and read all of the posts that are there. Right, you can come in as a guest, right. but you won't be able to sign up and get registered. But once it's, once it's back up and running, and by the end of the weekend should be the latest, uh, once it's back up, there's 140,000 posts there for you, over 1,200 people interacting, and it's all for free. bbs.freetalklive.com. As we go back to our guest, Jim Babka the president of DC.org and uh, I recommend that everybody head over as soon as they get in front of a computer to DC.org Get signed up for the service. It's very simple and all completely free. It's uh, Basically, you just spend a couple minutes of time signing up, and then at that point, you get a login, and then um, once you sign up, you get on the Downsize DC dispatch list, and Jim, as you mentioned, there's over 23,000 people that are currently on the Downsize DC dispatch list. Jim, you will then send out periodic informational emails to the, um, those who have signed up, essentially asking them to take action and to head over to DownsizeDC.org and uh, basically click a couple links and thereby send out an, a personalized email 
to your elected representatives on specific issues. And you don't have to go and do um, do them all, though I do every single one you send out. Same here. Um, you can pick and choose the ones that interest you most. And what we're talking about right now is the Downsize DC Read the Bills Act, just a brilliant concept that in essence, if somebody, if this actually gets passed, it's a law that you guys have created um, that if it gets passed will mandate that all the members of the House and the Senate actually read for the first time ever, in some cases, the laws that they are passing. And there's a variety of provisions that, that apply to it. But before we went to break, I was saying the, the brilliance, one of the brilliant things about the Read the Bills Act is who could oppose it? You I know. T- legislators. Well, okay, besides them, you know, besides the legislators, uh, individuals, Democrats, Republicans, Greens, Libertarians, nobody could really oppose this idea. I mean... Making the legislators read the laws themselves before they pass them, I think it's a brilliant idea. But you have been getting some uh, legislators who have been uh, in opposition to this concept. What are their excuses, Jim, for for not wanting to read the the bills that they sign and and pass? Well, they have a lot of important work to do, Ian. And now they couldn't. They you know they can't possibly be experts on all of the matters that they're asked to to vote and consider on. And they 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 delegate some of that authority to committees. And they delegate some of that authority to staff. Uh, the problem is that you didn't elect the committees, and you didn't. You certainly didn't elect the staff to represent you. You mm-hmm. sent a representative to uh, to go, and he took a, a, a responsibility on. If he was an attorney, and many of them are, or he was an accountant, and some of them are, or he was a business owner, and some of them are. And we've pretty much covered most of the people that are in Congress with yep. those three designations. They understand what power of attorney means. They understand what fiduciary responsibility means. They know that when you have power of attorney, when you have fiduciary responsibility, and you're signing documents on behalf of someone, you have a responsibility not only to read the document, but to actually understand what is in the document, what it means. We didn't even ask that much. We're simply asking them to stop, to pause, to deliberate, which is what the founding fathers designed them to do, to read their bills. But they claim that they're so, you mentioned they're busy, they claim they have so much legislation to pass, they would never be able to read all of the bills, and they have to just pass all the legislation because it's helping the country, so-called. Of course, they expect yeah. us to uh, follow these, uh, this legislation that they pass. Yeah, ignorance of the law is no excuse unless you're a congressman, mm. apparently. And, and you know, what we really need to do is to begin to hold them accountable in this way. We believe that the real benefit of the Read the Bills Act, we are, after all, downsized D.C., is that they will be, have to begin making choices. That was the point I was attempting to make before we went to the break. They couldn't possibly vote on all the pork that they have available to them. They just wouldn't have time. They wouldn't be able to consider a lot of the things that they're doing because they just wouldn't have time. And they would have to begin to make choices, and that would mean that the government would begin to get smaller. There would be a whole bunch of areas that they meddle in that they would no longer be able to meddle in. Ooh, since you mentioned the government getting smaller, it reminded me of another provision of Read the Bills. Does it not also specify that whenever a bill comes up for, uh, or whenever a law comes up for sunset or renewal, that they also have to read that law? That is correct. And then at some point, we're going to add pressure there, too. One of our provisions down the road will be a sunset provision for everything that's in the federal government. But there are some things that do sunset. The Patriot Act, for example, is uh, when it came up for renewal, almost all of it came up for renewal. And they would have actually had to read that entire thing before they would have been able to pass it. And I guarantee you that these bills will get smaller. These bills will get clearer if they have to be read, if they have to be read aloud and they have to be understood. If people know 
that they can check in on Congress seven days before they're actually going to vote. Because, by the way, that's when people begin to pay attention. I wish we could get people to pay attention when a bill's first introduced or when it's in a com- gets voted out of a committee. But people don't take it really, really, really seriously until it's just about to get voted on. That's the time that the public's paying attention. It's that's true. the time it needs to be available and printed online. Now, you also have uh, the Write the Bills Act as sort of a complement to the Read the Bills. What's that all about? Yeah, Write the Laws is a, is a provision that actually deals with the bureaucracy, and I would describe it very simply this way. They pass a whole bunch of laws. Uh, they act like laws, they're regulations, but they have the same effect, the same penalties and so forth, that, and sanctions that laws do, and, and they are not the legislative branch. Uh, the, the Constitution very clearly spelled out that it was the legislative branch that was to make the laws, and it was the executive branch that was to enforce them. So wait, let's give go- an example of what you're talking about here. For instance, the Congress might have created the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, the agency that regulates uh, electronic devices, the radio and television broadcast industries, etc. They created that organization, but then the bureaucrats within the FCC are busily writing new regulations, not laws, but regulations that also apply to radio stations. And you're saying that's not the way it's supposed to work. No, uh, the way I would comp- the, the comparison I would make for that everybody could understand is let's say Ian that you owned a fancy sports car and you loaned it to Mark. Okay. You said Mark, you, here's it's a really the bad idea. Uh, I know. You're going out of town, and you want, you want Mark to take care of the car while you're gone. You say, look, you can drive it if you want, and so Mark drives it. But while you're out of town, I, I see Mark, and Mark goes, yeah, i got this hot sports car. And I say, that's really cool. Can I drive it? And he says, sure, here's the keys. Mm. Well, you didn't tell Mark he had the right to delegate those keys to me. You only delegated them to him. That was the authority he was given. The Constitution right. delegated the authority from the American people to the House of Representatives and the Senate to legislate. They do not have the right to take the keys and hand them to the executive branch and say, IRS, FCC, FDA, FEC, etc., have the right to begin promulgating all kinds of codes. <laughs> and what these bureaucrats do is whatever, they were, uh, whatever powers they were limited to, they'll stop there. But a lot of things are left wide open in this legislation for them to interpret, and they always interpret it in favor, surprise, surprise, of more regulation, sure. more control, more tax, more expense, more paperwork. Right, and it's it, as though it wasn't ludicrous enough to suggest that the American people are supposed to know the law. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. I mean, the Congress won't even read the laws that they pass. They don't even know what the bureaucrats are writing. I mean, the Congress doesn't even know what they're passing. How could they possibly have any idea what the FCC and the IRS and all these other bureaucracies are creating as far as regulations? Right, and right now, and I just want to mention this, there's a scheme that's being worked on. You're hearing a lot about it, and you're probably in your email inboxes. For a North American Union, if right the laws was in place, it would stop these bureaucrats from being able to negotiate behind our backs to create this union. DownsizedDC.org, full of good ideas. Jim, if you can hold on, we're going to bring you back here. Okay. 800-259-9231. Do you have a question for Jim Babka from DownsizedDC.org? Now would be a good time to call in with it. 800-259-9231. You take control. It is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever you want, or if you've got a question for Jim Babka, the president of DownsizedDC.org, 1-800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The Shrine of Female listeners is there, and we've got dozens of ladies 
that have sent us their validated photo in order to prove that they listen to the show. Shrine.freetalklive.com will get you to it. That is Shrine.freetalklive.com. And register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February 23rd through the 25th. Meet libertarian superstars like John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, and many more. The most influential libertarians in America will be there. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum for more information and to get registered. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Now, Jim Babka from uh, DownsizedDC.org back on Free Talk Live. Hey, Jim, um, has anyone gotten in touch with you about the New Hampshire Liberty Forum? Uh, yes, they have. And uh, I'm just wondering, if uh, are, is there anything in the works? Are you going to be available and possibly attending? Oh, I don't, nobody has uh, actually gotten in touch with me to come speak, no. Hmm, uh, but someone has gotten, They have gotten in touch with me saying that they wanted to promote their event. And, uh, I see. Well, that's you know what they should do? They should get in touch with you and tell, the, uh, tell you they want you to speak, in which case then you'll promote the event anyway. They should. <laughs> you better believe you, I will. <laughs> you'd think they would have gotten that one figured out. I'll, I'll make sure to suggest uh, some things to the appropriate people on that one, because I think you, I consider you one of the most influential libertarians in America, and therefore I think you should be in attendance. And well, speak. thank you very much. And, and, of course, what you're doing with DownsizedDC.org is uh, what I'm referencing when I say influential. Um, you are actually leveraging the power of the Internet to influence those members of Congress, uh, your little Congress critters. They normally like to ignore you, but when you get together with other constituents, when you get together with other individuals and uh, take your issues to Congress, then it gets to a point at which they just can't ignore us anymore. And that's what you're doing, Jim. You're building just, as you put it, an army, though I would suggest it's probably a nonviolent army, uh, a a large group of people that care about liberty in general... Though that's, I don't even know if that's really even a prerequisite to be involved with DownsizedDC.org. No, really, the only prerequisite is that you believe that government should be smaller, and most of the American public believes that. That's I, true. When I say Downsize DC, a lot of people, I have conversations with people all across the political spectrum, including people who are absolutely not interested in politics, who get excited when they hear the phrase and understand what happens. I was just out of state here this week, met a complete stranger. He happened to be a funeral home operator and told him what we did. He doesn't vote, but he got very excited by what we're doing and promised to go check out the website because he thinks all politics is crooked. But he definitely wants Mm -hmm. the government to be smaller, and he doesn't want it meddling in his life, and he was interested in what we had to offer. It's fantastic. It's just a great way to reach out uh, to a variety of people and get them involved. And it's so easy to get involved. It's completely free at DownsizedDC.org. You get registered, and then you just take action. And, you, and as I was saying before, when you get registered, you get signed up for the Downsize DC Dispatch. Now, Jim, you're not selling anybody's email address or anything like that. You're not doing anything shifty, are you? No, no. We, in fact, the email addresses are, are protected completely. The information is protected completely. We don't share that personal information. The uh, uh, we have been known to rent our mailing list from time to time, of, and only those who donate to the organization give us permission to use their name in such a way. But the uh, the list itself is only used exclusively by DownsizedDC.org and the DownsizedDC Foundation to communicate with uh, people who have requested the information. So you go to DownsizedDC.org, you get registered, scroll down through the list. You don't even have to get registered if you just want to see what sort of issues you guys are attacking because you're about more than just read the bills and, and write the laws. Those are a couple of things we highlighted earlier in the show. There's uh, You take on individual issues. What are some of the other issues that are, uh, I guess, on the forefront at DownsizedDC right now? I would say the biggest one is this warrantless wiretapping that uh, Congress wants to give the president the authority to do. Laws were broken, and now after the fact, they want to cover up the fact that those laws were broken, immunize those who were involved in breaking the law Mm -hmm. and not obtaining warrants, and give them permission to begin 
kind of just randomly going through your emails and, and, your, and your phone calls uh, if you're making international calls to find out if there's anything of interest there that they might want to actually obtain a warrant for. And we want to put a stop to that. We believe it's a violation of the Fourth Amendment, and we want to put a stop to it. Uh, there's vitamins are being, going after right now. They may do something before this lame duck session's over. We've got a campaign involved uh, there to protect the supplement manufacturers. Yeah, that's a fr- that's a fresh one. I saw that an email come through earlier this week about that. What can you give me a little little more info? I mean, how is it they're threatening vitamin manufacturers? What's going on? Well, they want to they want to create a new form of reporting that would be required. Let's say you go to the ho- uh, you go to the hospital because you didn't you ate something that didn't agree with you. Uh, or you ate too much, and they have to pump your stomach or something, and they say, well, what did you consume today? And you mentioned that you consumed vitamins. Well, they would then uh, put together an adverse event report, and they would want to know who the manufacturer is. Then the manufacturer would be responsible for justifying that their vitamin did not cause the adverse event, as opposed to usually we have doctors that determine that. Well, the the vitamin company would have to step in and defend itself. And you would think in the United States that you'd be innocent until proven guilty, but apparently these vitamin companies, um, in this case, would be guilty until they were able to prove they were innocent. Yeah, that's kind of how it works. But, you know, the thing is that this, all of this is written so vaguely, and it's so ar- that it gives the FDA more arbitrary power. And we mm. talked earlier about bureaucrats with arbitrary power. We don't want that arbitrary power. The Part of the problem with this bill is its lack of specificity, and part of it is that it really is an attempt it's yet another attempt by the FDA to get control of this supplement industry. They want to treat vitamins like drugs instead of food. They want to make it so that they can eventually regulate them and make them prescription-based. And consequently raising the price of them because oh, once the big drug manufacturers get a hold of that, they're going to make, you know, they're going to make something patentable instead of just a vitamin. And, exactly. And I shouldn't have to go to the doctor to get a prescription to go get some vitamin C or a multi. And that's Amen. crazy. That's exactly right. Wow. So that's something, uh, another one of the issues you can take action on over at DownsizeDC.org. All right, so Jim, you said Congress is out of session right now. They're going to be back soon, though. What's uh, in the future for Downsize DC? What do you see coming up here uh, in the next, I mean, early 2007, end of 2006? You know, we've got, a, we've got some good and some bad. We've got a brand-new Congress coming in with brand-new majorities and brand-new plans. We've got the six issues in 06. You know, some of the bad includes the minimum wage. Uh, we're going to. We want to uh, defend those who deserve to be defended. Those in the inner cities who are hurt the most, whose unemployment rises the worst in the face of minimum wage increases. Uh, Congress will be considering that uh, right away within the first hundred hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're probably going to attempt to impo- reimpose gun control laws that they haven't been able to get passed for for several years now. Uh, we're going to have to stand in the gap for that. On the positive side, I think there's going to be some movement and potentially even some change and reform that occurs on the marijuana issue. It's possible. Uh, I wouldn't get my hopes up, but it could happen. I think we're going to move a lot closer. I don't think it's going to happen uh, here in 2007 either, but, you know, we're going to push hard to see what we can make happen. We're going to work with other organizations like the Marijuana Policy Project and on the previous issue, Gun Owners of America. We're going to push these issues, and some of them are negative, some are positive. It's a new Congress with new opportunities and new problems. What I think is one of the the neatest things about DownsizedDC.org is that you guys, uh, like you say, you're going to work with the Marijuana Policy Project. You're going to work with Gun Owners of America. These are two very different groups made up of very different people with different, uh, differing interests. However, um, if, you work in, if you're working with MPP and you get some people on board with the Downsize DC Dispatch 
and they, you know, they tune into the emails that you send out. They might have come on board because they were concerned with marijuana, but then they get all these different emails from you on other issues that might actually help raise awareness for issues they might not have ever even considered before. And I think it's a great way to sort of uh, expand people's horizons without them really necessarily expecting to. You know, we've had, uh, there's another host that's had me on his show fairly regular as well, and he's had high praise for our downsizer dispatch. And Ian and Mark, that's a tool that we use on, very on purpose to educate people, to have really a conversation, a dialogue. We write it in a very personal tone, explaining in popular, easy-to-understand language what's really at stake and what's really going on in a way that transcends partisan lines. And, and, and in effect, as you put it, raising awareness or consciousness on issues that maybe people wouldn't have thought about otherwise. Yep. So all these left, right, liberal, conservative, Democrat, Republican, uh, libertarian lines all seem to fade away, and we unite people on principle as opposed to party, Awesome. which divides. Very cool. Jim Babka, did you want to share anything else with us tonight? Uh, you know, I love Free Talk Live, and I'm really curious where are you guys at right now on the podcast. Well, you know what? Uh, we're still sitting at number four. It's uh, it's such a difficult contest. Uh, we're number four out of 25,000. So, I mean, on the scheme of things, we're doing pretty well. Um, but those other three guys that are ahead of us, a couple of Harry Potter shows, I mean, we're, we're up against Harry Potter, Jim. This is not... <laughs> <laughs> now, this is no easy task. I know you've well, got you know, kids. Not as many so you... people read these emails we send out on Thanksgiving weekends. So thanks so much, guys, for having me on. Thanks, Jim. You know we'll have you back, and thank you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Take it easy. 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. It's your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are there completely free. Though we do ask that you vote for the show to help us out. I mean, if you like the show and you want to help Free Talk Live maybe recruit some more listeners, then voting would be the best way to do that. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com. That's what Jim Babka from DownsizedDC.org was asking about earlier. I mentioned we were number four out of 25,000-something podcasts in the world, and that's pretty good being number four. But we're less than 100. I think we're about 100 votes away from being number one, and that is easily something that we could uh, we could accomplish this month. Only a few days. It's a month-long voting contest, you know, so only a few days remain. We're only uh, three votes off of number three. That's pretty good. We could be number three. Just well, we very could easily. easily be number three. Very easily. If you go to vote.freetalklive.com, but you can only vote if you've not done so so far this month. It's a once-a-month voting process. It takes you maybe less than a minute of your time at vote.freetalklive.com, and it makes a big difference for us. So we'd really appreciate it. All right. Let's go to the gas pump, shall we, Mark? Okay. According to the Denver Post, how dastardly those dastardly corporations have really gone too far this time. I think you'll agree. I mean, cheaper gasoline? How dare they? A couple of months back, we were deluged with politicians whining and grandstanding about imaginary gasoline price gouging. The Senate GOP even dragged the CEOs of major oil companies down to Washington to confront them with that traditional Republican grievance, How dare you make money? Let's hope that we can count on the, these defenders of the downtrodden to save us all. Colorado needs you. For real this time. This month, King Supers and City Market, both owned by Kroger, were forced by a federal jury decision to cut out a program called Buy Groceries, Get Gas which offered consumers modest savings on gasoline purchases. 
two independent gasoline stations in Montrose brought the suit and were awarded $1.4 million in damages. The jury found the big stores had violated Colorado's Unfair Practices Act, illegally selling gas below cost. Yes, that's right. King Snoo- uh, Supers, apparently some sort of a supermarket, was selling gasoline too cheap. And yes, you heard correctly, in America, that's illegal. Well, in Colorado it was illegal, but I don't think they should be able to I don't think the Colorado should be able to regulate whether or not I can sell a product below cost or not. Well, Colorado's in America, and these laws are actually, uh, there are similar laws on the books in other states. This is not sure. a, uh, it's just an unusual example. example. Uh, let's, so let's quickly review the old economics adage, Change too, charge too much and you're price gouging. Charge too little and you're predatory pricing. Charge the same as your competitor and then you're in collusion. Yeah, you're fixing. <laughs> Many economists maintain that laws like the Unfair Practices Act are relics. Predatory pricing laws were intended to stop larger corporations from selling products below cost, then once the competition goes out of business, creating a monopoly. This never happens in reality. Predatory pricing is what you or I would typically refer to as competition and low prices. Coloradans should applaud when they hear those scary uh, scary words coupled. We certainly know that we must monitor it because it is current law, and we monitor these laws all the time explains the uh, representative for King Supers, who will appeal the decision. However, we do not agree with the way the law is being applied. The only winners in this case are a couple of gas station owners in Montrose and their lawyers, all of whom now will be rewarded handsomely for being unable to offer competitive prices to the consumers. So do you understand what happened here? A couple gas stations in this uh, particular area of Colorado spotted the low, low prices that these other stores were offering and filed a lawsuit. Well, and then yeah. we handed $1.4 million. It's a heck of a lot easier to take your uh, competition to court than it is to compete with them on price. Yeah, to actually drop your price and uh, attract consumers the old-fashioned way. The government should should guarantee that I get a certain amount of money for what I sell. By the way, it's absurd to suggest that, and, and the article rightly says this, it's absurd to suggest that these companies would be able to put their competitors out of business and then create a monopoly. Just because, even if that were true, even if uh, they lowered their prices to the point where they broke the backs of these other companies and they did indeed go out of business, that would just mean that there would be another market opportunity for somebody else to jump into the game. Yep. And if they're really doing such brisk business, if they're, if they're so profitable and they're making so much money that they can afford to take a loss for that long, if they can take a loss for as long as it takes to actually destroy the other competing businesses then that means that they're really serving their customers well. I mean, if they have that much profit, if they have that much in reserve to where they can just keep taking loss after loss after loss as they wait for the other company to go under, they really must have been serving their customers really well in order to make so much money. That's essentially what uh, Walmart was doing a couple of years ago to uh, Kmart. Um, Walmart dedicated millions of dollars, I don't know, to to putting Kmart under. And they were going to do that by... Super discounting their prices. Mm-hmm. Kmart hasn't gone under. Thank goodness. There's still competition out there for Walmart, but um, they did go bankrupt. Th- they did, and uh, they managed to. Uh, the government pulled them out of that. <laughs> did they? I, I guess that's what bankruptcy is. It's pulling them out of it. I think that they gave them some money or something too. I don't know about that. Uh, I don't think it so. It seems like it seems as though I recall that, but uh, there were two instances out. where they uh, they had problems.
And well, anyway, the, the danger is not only that King Supers and City Market will be forced to halt some of their discounts on gas, but that all grocery and big box retailers that sell gas in the state, places like Sam's Club, Walmart, and Costco, may have to stop. Quote, if this case, if it has become case law and other retailers will have to look at that and say, well, how cautious do we want to be? Others, obviously, have already discontinued similar programs. I'm not sure if more will follow. A few days after the verdict against King Supers, the second, uh, state's second largest grocery chain, Safeway, also suspended one of its gas discount programs. I mean, this was a great program for people. But, you know, a lot of people have a tough time making ends meet in America today. And so the program essentially said, come on in here, buy some groceries, and we'll give you a ticket for a percentage off your gas. Or, you know, five bucks off your gas purchase. Or X amount of gallons in free gas. Just buy your groceries here and then get some free gas. What's wrong with that? This is insane. I mean, it's insanity, Mark, that we live in this country, which is supposed to be all about freedom, and yet you can't even offer your customers a discount on your products. I, it, you know, you would think in America where you're free um, that uh, you know you'd be free to compete business-wise. I mean, that's that's what the country's founded on capitalism. But this is not free market capitalism. This is trying to screw with markets. This is central planning. This is Soviet. It's Russia protectionism. Crap. It's protectionism for businesses that don't want to compete. Nobel Prize winning economist Milton Friedman, one of the nation's greatest champions of free markets and individual freedom, died last week. He once wrote that, quote, the invisible hand in politics operates in the opposite direction to the invisible hand in the, in the, in the market. Will Democrats, who are about to control everything in Colorado, abolish the Unfair Practices Act and show us that politics can be about economic sense? Unlikely. Many Democrats are beholden to two special interest groups, unions, which abhor box stores and couldn't care less about affordable prices, and trial lawyers. But who knows? Maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised this session. And I happen to agree that you will probably not be presently surprised. In fact, you can probably count on the fact that the government will continue to uphold bad laws like this and continue to enforce its way on individual business owners. Because if the consumers didn't like what they were being offered then they would spurn these big box stores. They would say, wow, you're being anti-competitive, and we want to protect the mom-and-pop gasoline store down this road. Even though they're charging 10 cents more a gallon, we're going to go shop there. The consumers could very easily make the decision to go and shop at the mom-and-pop gas store. But they're not, because price is what matters. And when it comes to gas, people really do pick on price. I mean, they're... Right. they're there are um, some people that choose to go to the same gas station over and over again. I mean, uh, Chevron's been able to sell its Tecron thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, yeah, price is a big issue when it comes to gas. What I want to know is, is there somebody out there listening tonight that actually agrees with this protectionist law? This law that says, no, 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 you can't sell gasoline below cost. No, 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 you can't give your customers discounts for buying groceries. Well, Who could possibly agree with that? I and I would love to hear you defend it at 800-259-9231. I think the one that's easiest to defend or the one that people get most emotional about is the, uh, you know, during a disaster, people selling, gouging on water and, and food and things like that. You know, when the hurricane came through Florida. Okay. The opposite, then. Yeah, the opposite. I think that's the easiest one for people to get on board with. Oh, my God, they're selling water for $10 a gallon. So don't buy it. Yeah, bring your, it. Bring, you know what? If somebody's selling water at $10 a gallon, that is a market opportunity for you to go out, get yourself a pallet of water, set it down on the side of the road, and price yours at $7 a gallon. Mm-hmm. 
and watch as your entire pallet of water sells out like lickety split. Well, the reason that um, that it's a good thing um, for the market is, well, if they're selling it... You mean ten, so-called gouging. The, the gouging, so-called yeah. gouging is a good thing for the market is because... If they're forced to sell their do- their um, water at a dollar, then they're going to sell out immediately. One person's going to come in and say, "I want all that water. I need to be. My family needs to be well hydrated. Give me that pallet of water." Yeah, and then nobody and gets water. Then all the all the water's gone. That one person gets it all. It all goes away. Now, when they price it at ten dollars or twenty dollars a gallon, then that guy says, eh, "Give me two gallons." And then everybody says, "Give me two gallons," and that's how it goes. Do you disagree? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the packet eight toll free line. Hour number two is on the way. You take control of the airwaves. It is free talk live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's a live Saturday edition. We're kicking off hour number two, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the Packet 8 toll-free line. And you might want to ask yourself, because we're going to ask you this question a little bit later, is do you support the idea of returning to the draft in the United States? If you want to answer it, 800-259-9231. Do you support the idea of returning to the draft? Because apparently some people do, and we're going to be talking about that. But first we're going to the phones and to the fun because Kayleen is on the line. She's been waiting patiently. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, you sexy guys. Hey, hey what's Kayleen. on your mind? Uh, well, a lot of things are on my mind, but I'm just going to talk about a couple of them. Okay. I read the very article that you read tonight a couple nights ago. Which one are you talking fabulous, about? Fabulous article. Which, um, which article it, are you talking about? Companies just can't win. You're talking about uh, last hour, just to recap for anybody just joining us, last hour there's a story out of Colorado involving a big box chain store, actually a couple of them, that had a sale going on, that, or a promotion, that essentially was, come on in here, buy some groceries, and we'll give you a couple bucks off your gasoline purchase, because they also have a few gas pumps on the side of the store as well, like these big BJ's Wholesale, Sam's Club, those kinds of stores. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of local gas stations filed a lawsuit that said, uh, well, you're violating this Unfair Practices Act, and uh, we want to get money from you for it. And the government went ahead and uh, awarded $1.4 million to these whiny gas stations because they couldn't compete, because they couldn't offer the low prices that the big box stores did. And um, I still wonder if anybody actually supports this sort of legislation, this this, uh, very unfair anti-competitive legislation at 800-259-9231. But that's what you're commenting on. What did you have to say? That's such bull. But we're and, protecting, uh, also, we're protecting small businesses, Kayleen. And um, I hope you read it. Wait, wait, Kayleen, we're protecting small businesses. What do you mean it's bull? Do you hate small businesses? Do you hate mom and pop small businesses? What? What? No, I, I hate the government being involved in competition between businesses. But these big box stores are just going to put all the mom and pops out of business. Don't I we don't need care. to protect them? You know what? Whoever offers the best price and the best product the winner. There you go. Could be the winner. They may be. You know, and gas stations offer lots of things besides gasoline. They offer service. Um, you know, the they could be right on the corner where I need them to be at the time. You mean like car and like fixing your car? Well, no, service like different kinds of service. Um, the service of location is very important. Convenience, when to, okay. When it comes to gas stations, um, you know, sometimes they could very well offer a free Snickers bar with every yeah, fill up. That's great. And you know something? 
there's a gas station right uh, about uh, less than half a mile down the road from my house that offers full service. They pump your gas for you. Mm-hmm. You say, I'll fill it up or I want 20 bucks worth or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the same as uh, some of, actually, the, the price is lower than really? some of the, uh, you know, self-serve stations. So, that's That's very unusual. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go, Kayleen. Any other thoughts for us? Yeah. Um, I just, um, like I said, I, I sent you an email, and I hope you read it. Well, we read all the emails that people send in, and thank you for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Thank you. 1-800-259-9231, the Packaday toll-free line. Yeah, we definitely read all the emails that we get sent, but we don't have time to respond to them all. So if you send an email and you don't get a response, please don't feel bad. Uh, we do have other things that that we do with our time. We wow. don't have. There's just so many. Yeah, it's it's overwhelming sometimes how many emails we get. But yes, do do know that we appreciate every single email that comes in. All right. So if you want to comment on the draft issue or whatever's on your mind, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Because old Charlie Wrangle from New York has been once again. Uh, rattling the draft saber, if you will. He's been uh, well, he's brought that specter uh, to the forefront yet again and is suggesting that he's going to reintroduce legislation in 2007 to bring back the military draft. Mark, did you have more on this? Well, it, it looks like the uh, Ithaca Journal is uh, backing up old Chuck Wrangle here. Um, Ithaca, congressional leaders may be downplaying Char- Charles Wrangle's call to reinstate the draft, but at least one newspaper in Gannett Chain thinks that the congressman has a point. An editorial in the November 24th Ithaca Journal picks up picks on Wrangle's argument and asks the following: Would our leaders have made the same decisions based on the information they had to first invade, then stay in Iraq, if it was their children on the ground fighting in the trenches? Well, uh, first of all, they're not our leaders; they're uh, elected politicians, and I don't consider them leaders at all. I always have to re- rebut that one. But did the Congress make the decision to invade Iraq? I don't think they were even involved in that. Wasn't it pretty much President Bush that made that choice? I think Congress uh, sort of voted to uh, give the president the ability to do it, you know, that they would back him up on it. Um, They didn't vote uh, for war. Right. But they sort of voted to say, "Mm, yes, we tacitly approve. All right. Um, Also, who's to say that the um, Congress critters' um, children would be going to Iraq if that was the case, even if even if the draft required that they um, get into military service of some sort or another. Are you telling me that the politicians out there, very valuable sons and daughters, these mm-hmm. people with all this power that are able to do whatever the heck they want? I mean, it's illegal to smoke in every building in Washington except the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me that these same people are going to allow their sons and daughters to go to Iraq? No, 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 no. no. They'll, uh, you know, they might go in the military. Let's just say they do go in the military. They'll end up in the National Guard guarding Iowa sure. during the uh, Iraq War. Right. Yeah, they're not going. Um, a draft would force all of us to, uh, to consider the shared sacrifice required to wage war. That is a perspective that would weigh heavily on the nation's mind as well as its leaders. Oh, it's so communistic. The shared sacrifice. Terms like that. Yeah. Well, at this point, there aren't sons and daughters in Iraq? I mean, these people were just hatched from eggs? No. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there are, our, people, our sons and daughters are being sent to die in the sand, three, over 3,000 of them, for what? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. 
Should the consequences of waging war be shouldered by all members of society, the rich, the poor, the young, and the old? Privilege shouldn't be a factor in deciding whether you have to go to fight in Iraq, Afghanistan, or any other war-torn theaters in the world. That's right. The factor should be that everyone is forced to fight. Yes, everyone should be forced into service. That's what they're talking about here. The factor should be uh, should not be whether or not people should be forced into the military. The question should be whether or not we should be going to war. Should we be going to fight in other countries at all? Is there any purpose in that? Um, you know, and unfortunately, if we look at this, um, Iraq was a popular war when we went in. Yeah, you you believed in it. I did believe in it, and I feel badly about it. Um, but there's if if everybody listening to my voice thinks about it, think, goes back, thinks about four years ago. How did you feel about it? Because Americans did not storm the streets with torches and pitchforks ready to skewer their politicians' um, heads on poles mm -hmm. over Iraq. They said it was okay. And the draft would have been, it would have been just people that were forced to go. I, I, you know, it's, it's ridiculous to me. And secondly, I can't, I can't understand how people can make the... Uh, the 13th Amendment and a draft jibe. The 13th it, Amendment, which is... Um, it says right here, no state shall make um, or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities um, of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor uh, deny... Due process. Nor, uh, state, I think, is pr probably the biggest oh, the thing. The due process is they passed a law that says that everybody must be a slave. That's not due process. Due process has to do with uh, in court. Oh, okay. But uh, well, the judges says, will uphold it. It says any state. It doesn't say the United States government. I see. And so, therefore, what they're saying is the United States government has the right to deprive you of life, liberty, or the pursuit of happiness because they freaking said so. Yes. No. Well, the 13th that's Amendment what they're there to protect. Does, does the 13th Amendment protect the United protect us from the United States conscripting us, or just the states? Just the states. Ah, see, that's how they get around it, then. Well, that's how they get around it. So right? the state of Florida, or the state of Colorado, can't conscript you, but the federal government absolutely can. Uh, you know, but does that change the, the fact that it's wrong? I mean... No, of course not. It's wrong to tell somebody that they have to fight in a war. They have to go um, Well, no, no, Mark, they're not going to be telling people they have to go into battle. Remember, this isn't the draft. It's national service. And that means that it's the kinder, gentler version where you can choose if you want to go into fight or not. You're just going to have to work for the government for a couple years. Do I get to choose whether I want to work for the government or not? No. That's slavery. Well, 800-259-9231. Is it slavery? Should we bring back the draft? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231 is the packet aid toll free line. And you can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. If you've missed a moment of the show... And if you are one of our Saturday-only radio listeners, then you've missed quite a few moments because we do the show six nights a week. So if you want to hear what you missed, then head over to freetalklive.com where you'll find an entire year's worth of archives right there on the front page of the website. No, it's not like those, are those other radio talk show hosts' web pages where they want to charge you for access to their archives. We give them away an entire year right there, front page for free at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project's First 1,000 Pledge. Hey, are you just going to talk about freedom or are you going to start living it now? Learn how the First 1,000 Pledge can make it happen today at freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. So do you think 
that the draft is something that America should have back. Should we bring it back? Charlie Rangel thinks so. I'm sure there's some other people that think so. I know that I've given out the world's smallest political quiz a few times. You can take it over at politicalquiz.com. And I don't know if the current version has the draft question in it. I think it does. I think but so. It's it's always surprising to me how many people support the idea of a military draft. People love the idea of conscription, well, of forced labor. I don't think that people think about it in that respect. I think they think about it as the military is a, a good organization that will teach self-discipline to uh, young men and women and, um, you know, those kind of things. I mean, you know, the... Going they, to work at Kmart taught me self-discipline. Taught me to get up on time, get in on time, punch in on time. And to te- treat people with respect and and humility and, uh, and honesty. And, I mean, uh, the, the marketplace teaches these things. We don't need the military for that. And we certainly shouldn't force people into it. Which is why Charles Rangel's plan is so much different, Mark. He's not just talking about the military draft. He's talking about national service. And that's so much nicer. It's where you give people a choice. That way people that are anti-military can say, no, no, I don't want to serve in the military, but I will go ahead and uh, pack boxes, and I'll work with old people, or whatever. There's different uh, non-military related programs. The concept is that they're going to force all teenagers, and I guess people up to the age of 42 now, they're talking about expanding the draft age, They're going to force all Americans within a certain age range to work for the government as bureaucrats. And they're they're calling it something else. They're calling it national service because it's not just the military, allegedly. That's the plan, where if you were to be forced into this program, they would say, well, Mark, you can work here in the military, or you can work here for the Peace Corps, or you can work over here for Homeland Security. Now, which one of those careers do you want to follow? Maybe you can crack some heads for the FBI. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, to me... Does that make it less slavery when you get to choose which organization? It doesn't. It it, it doesn't. When the government tells me that I've got to go work for the government, um, I mean, I have a problem with the size of the federal government. So are you telling me that I have to go work? I mean, you know, this this law applies to people who are up to 42 years Mm -hmm. old. They could very well be telling me that I have to go work for the feds. I think it's wrong to work for the government. Wait a minute. Don't you owe it to your country? Don't you owe your country service? Why? Well, this is the land of the free, Mark. You you should wait, 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 you wait, wait, owe well, this if, country. If this is the land of the free, then I shouldn't be made to go. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. You're forcing me. It's the land of the free, but you're forcing me to go work for the government. No, that's not right. That's crazy thinking. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the packet a toll free line. Do you think? That this national service idea is a good idea. Do you think that we should have forced service, so-called, conscription, also known as slavery, back in America? Because that's what they're talking about. And now he's got the Ithaca Journal or whatever backing him up on this. To the phones we go. Let's talk to George in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live, where you can take control of the airwaves. Hello, George. Hello. Can you hear me? We got you. What's on your mind? Well, first of all, I'd like to tell you something about the draft. I'm, I missed the draft. Uh, I was uh, my father's only child back mm-hmm. when Vietnam came through. I'm 58. Uh, I disagree with the draft because your heart has to be in what you're fighting for, and, and this government uh, is not fighting for the same thing I would fight for. I fight for freedom. They fight for oil. Indeed. Now, uh, I want you to think of something. Uh, if we would reverse engineer 9-11, we have to start in the basement. 
If you start in the basement, you have molten iron. All right? Well, reverse engineer molten iron. Why do we have molten iron exactly? I'm sorry. I, I, I well, because that. they use some kind of, an, of, a, uh, of a high explosive like thermate or thermite to bring those buildings down. Who's they? Right? They didn't fall down because airplanes hit them? Well, no. And, and we couldn't really say that, uh, that uh, bin Laden and his friends did it because uh, they would have to be able to get into, into Building 7 as well as 1 and 2. I thought Building and 7 was damaged by debris falling from 1 and 2. Lightly. Lightly damaged. And, and, and certainly, if you watch Building 7 collapse, it collapses into, into its own footprint. In fact, it, it, it is the, uh, the most perfect demolition I've ever seen. Now, this thing goes down like does an it, elevator. Doesn't it take a month to um, set all the charges that uh, would would blow up a uh, building, especially ones that size? I'm sorry, what? And if you uh, if if you look into the information, you'll find they had a lot of power downs in Building One and Two mm-hmm. uh-huh. uh, prior to 9/11. Now, as far as Building Seven goes, there's no problem because it's all uh, pretty. I would say it was the second most guarded building, or maybe the third most guarded building in the country. Outside of the White House, the Pentagon. I mean, we had the CIA, the FBI. Is it possible you're wrong? Excuse me? Is it possible you're wrong? No. Why not? Well, I've studied this for several years, and I've looked at it. And and, and look, you've got to use common sense. Well, common sense isn't all that common, and nor is it necessarily something that should apply in all situations. Now, I find it interesting what you're saying here, and I've seen the videos, and I've seen the so-called evidence as well, and I've also seen the rebuttals. Have you read any of the rebuttals? I have. Uh-huh, and what do you have to say to that? Well, there were 47 beams that are thicker and wider than, than two people standing together. You, you've got to understand, steel uh, that, that's holding up 110 stories both interior and exterior steel, mm-hmm. uh, you might be able to make a pancake happen, but not with that inner core. It's too thick. There's, it's impossible. So you're saying that people uh, went into the, uh, the World Trade Centers over a weekend or two and laced the entire place with explosives? I'm saying they had a whole lot more than a weekend or two. When, when would this have occurred? I mean, these are big buildings with, with people working at, at all times of the day and the night, Thousands sir. and thousands of people working in them. Well, th- there were power downs. Uh, there was one specific so? power down four, hour, or four days before 9-11. Big deal. So what? You're talking about months. You're talking about a month's time at least in order to lay all these explosives in there. And, of course, you know, there's not really any, uh, there's nothing more than um, hypothesis going on here. A lot of it has been uh, very effectively rebutted, in my opinion, by uh, great websites like loosechangeguide.com and 911myths.com. But really, what's the point of all this anyway? All right, well, let's look at the rabbit trail. Let's start with the fact that in May of uh, 2001, they didn't allow the pilots to carry guns on board anymore in the cockpit. Let's look at June 1st when uh, Cheney uh, told Rumsfeld that he wanted to be able to handle uh, NORAD completely, and, and that's a signed document mm-hmm. that you can pull up on the website. What, is the po- what I want to ask you and what I want you to think about right, when we come back, if point. you'll hold on for just a moment here, we're going to come back to you. I want you to explain to me, and it's all very interesting, all of these allegations, but what's the point of it all? Really, what what is it? What's your end game, George? What do you want to see happen from all of your theories? Your theories are fun and everything, and interesting, but what is the relevance? Can you explain that to me? It's your show. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? 
You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition. Your show, you take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The wiki's there, wiki.freetalklive.com. It's like the listener-editable version of our website with over 850 pages created by listeners like you, Wiki. FreeTalkLive.com. As we go back to the phones and back to the fun, George in Indianapolis, you're back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Now, George, you were bringing out claim after claim about uh, 9/11, talking about how you believe that it was indeed it was the explosives uh, that brought down the World Trade Centers, and you you know you can just the cons- conspiracy theorists can just keep just bringing out the claims. Uh, and you know what? I just want to clarify Free Talk Live's position, or at least my position, and Mark, you're certainly welcome to clarify yours. I don't believe any of it. I don't believe the government story, and I don't believe the conspiracy theory story either. I don't know which one is true. I don't know. Maybe both of them have kernels of the truth. I don't know, and I don't care. But maybe you can convince me to care, George. Maybe you can explain to me why all of the things that you say matter. All right. I can say one thing. You better care, because if I'm wrong, we're still heading down a, a, a dark alley. We don't know where we're going yet. We're fighting a, a, a uh, we're fighting to bring democracy to a people that don't want it. We're over there. Our boys are dying. If I am right, this country is not what you think it is. Well, and, now and hold on a second. Now wait a minute. Now wait a minute. I agree with you that we're going down a dark road. I agree with you that the uh, that, and you probably would agree with us that America is becoming more tyrannical as time goes on. That the government is becoming out of control. It is getting uh, more. It is getting more intrusive, more oppressive, and uh, bigger than it has ever been in the past. At a much faster clip than it ever has in the past. These are all things that are tangible and real that you can point to real evidence that is uh, that is absolutely undeniable. So on that aspect, yes, I agree. But what we're talking about is your theories. What's the point in talking about things like this, George, when so many people are just going to turn away and absolutely ignore everything you have to say and, and write you off as a crackpot? Okay, here's the reason. Number one, if you would just do reverse engineering, start in the basement. What's the point? You can talk well, about I'm all you want about all your you little claims. What, what's the point of this? I'm trying to tell you the point. I can't talk to you about Bill... Uh, planes flying into buildings, collapsing the buildings, but I can go to the basement and tell you the only okay. way you can now get listen. molten iron You keep bringing up, you keep bringing up other, claims. Uh, George, reaction. I want you to avoid bringing up more conspiracy claims and tell me what the point is about even talking about things like this. What do you expect to, to do? What is your end game? What is your goal here? Okay. Uh, if enough people realize what's going on, because a lot of them... Are, are, are wallowing in mediocrity like you sound like you are. And, and if you think that you want your family to grow up in a government that would do something like this without... And look, they didn't even let us look at the steel. They so wait a minute. So, George, okay, you're bringing up more claims now. Well, uh, they had GPS. Okay, that's GPS very nice. Now, let's talk, about, uh, let's talk about what your goal is here. You're saying, do I want my family to live under a government that would do something like this? Right. Um, no, I don't want my family to live under... 
any government that imposes its way on others via force, which right. is what governments I'm, do. I'm shocked and appalled by the things that the government has done since 9-11 because of 9-11. Um, it doesn't, you know, to me, it doesn't really matter whether it was, uh, you know, the the great cabal of uh, I don't know whom. Um, and by the way, what about the 2006 election? Didn't we take care of getting rid of all these people that were uh, conspiring? I mean, uh, the Republicans are voted out and the Democrats are in. We're yeah, saved. If you want to believe that there's such thing as a Democrat and a Republican as far as this world is going, you're living back too far. You've okay, got to so what is your – so what's – okay, I agree with you. The Democrats and Republicans are very, very similar. What is it you're proposing to change here, George? Because just well, telling people, look, the government was behind 9-11 isn't going to do anything to change the situation. No, but enlightenment will. Until you understand and, – and right now you are the only goal that I would have – uh, well, let me tell you, you, you got no chance I with me. To. You got no chance with me because I've actually looked at the same stuff that you have. I've seen the videos and I've I've looked at the so-called research, and you've got no chance converting me over. And I'm someone who's familiar with your concepts. I'm somebody who's who's aware of what it is you're talking about. All right, you you've really looked into this, then? Yeah, that's right. All right, then let me ask you something. Have you went and seen how big those steel beams were in the center of that building? I don't. It doesn't matter to me, yes, George. You know why it doesn't matter? Because why? the government is getting bigger and bigger regardless of who was behind 9-11. You see, you're missing the point. The government is getting more oppressive and obtrusive than it ever has been, and it doesn't matter who brought the buildings down. It doesn't matter if it was the government or some uh, group of terrorists or your mother. It doesn't matter who was behind the plot. What matters is what's happened as a result of it. And what no, that's what we need to be pointing out. They were no, they were 5 foot they were 5 foot tall eye beams that were 4 feet wide at the uh at uh, um the the eye part portion was 4 feet wide and then You're the, just going to bring him back to his claims. Is five. Well, here here's the thing though. You're wanting to walk away you're wanting to let them get away with another one, just like they tried with... Project Wait a minute, Northwood. George, get away with it? You think someone's going to bring them up on charges? What do you yes. think? You think Who? you can... Who's going to bring them up on charges? The government? Yes. Why would the government bring the delirious. government... Why would the government bring the government up on charges? All right, because there are people that know certain things that went on... And they're not in the fire quite as close as the uh, the people that pulled the final trigger. And what's going to happen is it's going to crumble. It's going to crumble to the point we are. And, and there's already a path right to the point. Quite an imagination you have. You're suggesting that these people that for five years have kept quiet, um, these spineless slugs have kept quiet for five years. They know some facts. They know that what you say is very, very likely true, George. They haven't done anything. Suddenly, somehow, you're going to put a fire under their butt and they're going to act like they've got a spine? Well, there's They've a sold their souls. guilt that's carried with something like this. You'd have to agree it would eat at you, wouldn't it? I, I don't think huh? that they're going to do anything about it five years later. Well, it takes time, brother. <sighs> yeah, well, okay, you, we just said, Mark, you just pointed out that the Democrats were elected. And most people understand that they can elect Republicans and Democrats. They don't know there are third parties out there. And so you would ad admit that the Democrats and Republicans are the same. So who exactly is going to be your savior here, George? Who precisely is going to step forward and bring charges against these evil conspirators? Hmm. You have to let it take its course, but you can't give up like you've given up and saying, well, we can't Oh, no, no, no. See, you, may, you, may, you misunderstand. No, I haven't I given up on anything. I was never a follower of the conspiracy theory in the first place. I and found it in interesting. The world can you say you 
seen. I what found it interesting, and I looked into it because it's curious. But I haven't given. I, I was never interested. What I haven't given up on is the fight for liberty. See, I'm an activist for freedom, George. I'm not about bringing one group of politicians to justice because then you're just going to replace them with another group of politicians. Even if what you even if what you want actually comes to pass, and it's very unlikely that it will. Even if George Bush and his cronies are all brought up on charges and all kinds of evidence comes out that really just convicts them and says, "Yes, beyond a shadow of a doubt, they were behind it." And now they're going to jail forever. And let's elect John McCain or <laughs> no. Hillary Clinton or some other politician, and then they're going to rule everybody else's lives with an iron fist. Really, you're, t- you're just treading water here, George, and you're not doing anything to achieve liberty in our lifetimes. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That's the problem with the conspiracy theorists. They, make it, you know, they do a good job of pointing out how there's a chance that these politicians are evil. These politicians are bad, but everybody knows politicians are bad. If everybody ask, knows. If you ask people, I mean, you know, are politicians uh, liars and cheats? Yes, yes, they'll say that. Now, so what What um, the conspiracy theorists seem to be uh, going for is to have this group of politicians brought up on charges, put away in jail or whatever. Hung, That'll stop them. Hung from a street light. I'm not sure what. Um, and then somehow, whatever this diabolical group of International bankers, right? Or the, because they believe or the, they're controlled, or the Templar Knights, or space aliens. Well, right. Or, we didn't get into that, but or, the, but one of the tenets of the conspiracy theorists is that the politicians aren't the end all, be all. They're the puppets. They're the puppets of these international bankers. Even if they're not controlled, even if these people did it on their own, why wouldn't the power corrupt the next people that are there? It the would. government's too big. It's gotten too big. Right. It just you know that something that big and that powerful corrupts people. That's the issue, and they and John miss McCain it. too. And they miss the issue every single time. They get so so interested in their theories, in their uh, their allegations, and their so-called facts, and they they just get so mired down in all of that. They do nothing but call talk shows. More's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet Eight toll-free line. And uh, it is uh, open to you to bring up anything. 800-259-9231, the live Saturday edition. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all of the features there because we give them away. Now, unlike those other radio talk show hosts that want to charge you five to seven bucks a month for access to their site, we give you all of the features that they do and more, I would say, and no one has, uh, has yet to contradict me on this, Mark. I've made this claim a few times now that Free Talk Live's website is the most extensive radio talk show website um, in existence. I, I, I use, I believe that claim. I can't imagine that there's another website, radio um, talk show website out there that is as large as ours is, content-wise. Yes, not only that, uh, not only uh, I have um, made that claim, no one has ever refuted it. I've been to the websites of the major talk show hosts, and nobody, I mean, nobody gives away what we give away. We give it all away at freetalklive.com. Now, if you appreciate that, then you can help us out by heading over and shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. That's right, Amazon, you know, the world's largest Internet retailer with 35 categories of products, uh, furniture, books, DVDs, baby stuff, apparel, (laughs) sporting goods. I mean, you name it, they sell it at Amazon. But when you enter through our website at amazon.freetalklive.com, then anything you buy, we'll get a percentage of. 
So, great way to get your holiday shopping done, right? Who Forget Black Friday, forget the stores, forget puttering around town, wasting gasoline, waiting in the lines, all of the hassles that go, come along with going out and shopping. And do it all from your uh, the comfort of your home or your office at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. And rest assured, feel good that not only are you getting the things that you want and the things that the other the people on your list want, but you're also helping Free Talk Live out at the same time. Amazon.freetalklive.com. And don't forget the Amazon gift certificates for those that you don't know what to buy for. Just buy them a gift certificate. We get a percentage of that, too. Amazon.freetalklive.com. To the phones, to the fun. You take control of the airwaves. It's Mike in California on the Amplifier line. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. I wanted to come in on the draft you were talking about before, George. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm opposed to the draft, of course, um, for you know, libertarian moral reasons no one has a right to my life except me but i wanted to verbalize the need of a draft in a libertarian society which of course would be none if the only moral use of force is in self-defense then there would be no reason to draft Uh, anyone in that true libertarian society would either want to defend their own life because they're being attacked Mm -hmm. or they would prefer the values of the attacking society and they wouldn't fight for you even if you did draft them Right. This is why it's completely unnecessary to have the uh, the concept of a draft. If somebody was actually attacking the United States, if, say, the Red Chinese tomorrow decided to invade uh, the East Coast or the West Coast, I guess it would be the West Coast, uh, invade the West Coast, sure. people would uh, would rally to arms. People would be fighting in the streets, and there would be no shortage of volunteers to stand up and fight against the invading army. There would be absolutely no shortage. And, and as you that, point out, if there was a shortage, it would mean that the, Amer- the American people had completely changed their mindset. And although they may have the largest army in the world, their navy is a little more than a few tin cans, and uh, they're not actually going to be able to invade. And if they did, they'd have a heck of a time um, staging a land war in a country that um, b- there's probably as many guns as there are people. What do you think would happen, though, Matt, if they, or excuse me, Mike, if they did bring the draft back in America, or as they're calling it, national service. What Do you think it would activate a lot of people that are currently inactive? Uh, activate them how? You mean uh, rebellious? or Yeah, as, as though, like, for instance, in the Vietnam times, there were, you know, yeah, re- a real think... anti-war movement, and we sort of have a, a, a not-so-big uh, anti-war movement today. Would it, would it invigorate the anti-war movement? Yes, it would, and I think the anti-war movement would probably be my guess, is bigger than the Vietnam era. But I also think that the number of, I'll say stupid for brevity, people in America is greater. So the, the numbers, the amount of pro-draft people will also increase. So I don't know what the result would be. But talking about it is almost moot. It's kind of like trying to make an argument about uh, capitalism in America, because it's not a capitalist society. It's a mixed economy. I mean, mm-hmm. the same principle would apply to monopolies, like in a libertarian society, the only way a monopoly could exist is if every single person wanted it to, so it would be a good thing. Here, you can't even have a monopoly, so why why discuss it? Indeed, and uh, hopefully they won't bother bringing this back. But I agree with you. Yeah, there I, are a lot of people that so. there are a lot of people out there that think the draft is a good idea, which is why I'm surprised yeah. that none of them have bothered to call in tonight. Why do you think they <laughs> they're holding back, Matt? Uh, Mike? Mike, and uh, I don't know. Maybe they don't have logic on their side, and they can't. Defend their arguments. I, I suppose you could be right. And thank you for the call. Thanks. We appreciate hearing Thanks from you. 800 259 9231. Most of the arguments um, for uh, the draft are not logical, they're emotional. 
Right. Oh well, it'll it, it helps people to uh, you know increase their self discipline. Well, in a lot of cases, it comes from somebody who is in the military and they feel they've benefited from it, so they want to subject everyone to it. Yeah, that's and that's crazy because I've talked to two different guys who were in um, jail prison, I guess, mm-hmm. um, that have said that they think everybody should spend time in prison. No, that's just as valid a claim. It is just as valid of a claim in, because in that it's invalid for them. Right for them, they they um you know it was a it was a life changing experience. They learned something. They probably never go back. Um, all blah 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 blah. Well, whatever. The, you know, Thanks. it was good I like for them. my life outside. Right. Of jail. I don't want to go to prison. Um, by the way, I kept calling him Matt because I got an email from a Matt coming up. We're going to get to that. It's about Microsoft taking over the world. But first, to the phones, to the fun. Paul in Maryland, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Paul in Maryland going once. Paul in Maryland going twice. Let's try Neil in California. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Neil. Hello. What's on your mind? Uh, yeah, I was just uh, listening to your, uh, uh, you talking to that other gentleman there earlier about uh, uh, how he was missing the point on you know, what should be done uh, in order to well, uh, shrink government or to you know, try and promote freedom yes. in uh, in in. You know, other people's or in people's lives. Um, I, I think um, I'm asking, uh, what do you guys have in mind? What do we have in mind to promote freedom? Well, yeah, to promote freedom, limit the size of government, things like that. Well, as far as uh, local governments are concerned, the Free State Project is what I have in mind. Are you familiar with it? Uh, yeah, I've heard something about it. Yeah, it's a mem- It's a movement of twenty thousand liberty-oriented people. A lot of libertarians, for instance. All moving to the same state in order to sort of, uh, co- I guess, concentrate their efforts in one place. Because right now there are a lot of libertarians in America, but they're all spread out, right. and so they're not making much of a difference. So the right. idea is to get them all into one place and really have a shot at liberty in our lifetime. The Libertarian Party had 35 years to see what it could do, and um, so far they don't seem to be able to do much of anything. Um, mm-hmm. So I, it seems to me the only way that that's that anything's going to work is if you get enough people that believe in concepts of liberty in one place that they can do something. And then set the example. So make, uh, for instance, New Hampshire was the, the state that the Free State Project chose, and that's why we moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, but to make New Hampshire the freest state in America, and then to simply promote the fact that, hey, look, freedom works. Our kids mm-hmm. are the best educated of all the kids in, in, uh, in the country. We've got the lowest crime rate. And uh, et cetera, et cetera. We'll be able to point to real concrete examples of why freedom and liberty work and statism and big government do not. How do you feel about that? Right. Uh, you know, that's, that's all fine. I mean, yeah, it's, it's probably going to be, uh, you know, quite difficult for uh, many people, uh, libertarian or not, to, uh, you know, move to New Hampshire. Why would it be difficult? Uh, but- uh, well, I people mean, people move you know, every people day. Have lives in you know other parts of the country. Well, well, it, we it, had lives, and we oh, still have that, lives. As a matter of fact, I had two cars, two houses, a wife, um, you know, a, a job that paid me really well for the um, community I was in. I was making eighty grand a year. I I left it. Yeah, and if you have actually, if you want a little bit more, uh, I guess of an example of people that have uh, in the past that have maybe put a little more on the line than two cars and two houses. Uh, think back to the founding fathers. I mean, think back to the the pilgrims that came here. Uh, they they left the United Kingdom. They left Great Britain in order to seek some level of freedom, some additional level of freedom. In fact, then they fought against uh, you know all odds. They right. fought against the you know the imperial army essentially. And uh, they shed blood over freedom. All we have to do is move up to a, you know a one state. And 7,500 people have signed this so far. I mean, I to to, to push on as though oh well, people are never going to actually move for freedom. I I think that that's well, I, a little. Uh, I think it's a little unfair to the people who have moved. I'm I'm slightly insulted. 
Well, I mean, I'm not I'm not meaning to insult anybody. I'm just I mean, I, I I'm I'm just thinking about you know uh, that there are other uh, you know there are plenty of people who are definitely not in a position to move. You know, say they they they've. Uh, you know, gotten a house with a big mortgage, and, you know, they're pretty much trapped in that spot. Well, that's why the Free State Project is a long-term project. It's not, uh, you have to move next week. You've got five years after they after they make it to 25,000. 20,000. So. 20, 20, Once 000, there's 20,000 signatures, there's a five-year window, which uh, everybody has to move to New Hampshire. And that should be more than enough time, considering we're only at 7,000 signatures now. It's going to take a few years to get to 20,000 anyway. Sure. Um, and then you can move. That's plenty of time to tie up loose ends. We managed right. to do it. So can you. Yeah, that's it's true. And uh, just uh, one, uh, just one more quick question. I mean, uh, wouldn't uh, wouldn't uh, discussions about difficult, uh, different political theories also help? You know, I mean, uh, there are plenty of of, of good-minded. Uh, I want you to flesh that out a little bit more. I want to understand that more because we, we obviously don't have enough time to answer it this hour. So hang on, we'll bring it back and you can ask it again. This is your show. Hour three's coming up. It's free talk live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off Hour 3 of the Live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The Packet toll free line, 1-800-259-9231. And the question from last hour still stands, do you think that we should bring back the draft? When I say we, I mean the U.S. government. I won't have anything to do with it. But do you think that the, the draft should come back in the form of national service? 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features there are completely free. As we go back to the phones and back to the fun, let's bring back Neil in California. Neil, you had one more question you didn't quite have time to get out in the last hour, so go ahead and uh, shoot it out there now if you would. Uh, yes. Um uh, my question was uh, uh, a good approach. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering how the uh, uh, what type of pro- approach should be taken uh, with uh, regard to uh, discussing uh, like, uh, political philosophies, uh, things of that nature. Because there are plenty of well-minded people out there who, uh, you know, think that uh, uh, you know one form of, of socialism or some type of state. Uh, run ordeal is going to make uh, make things better and 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 more free for uh, other people. Uh, well, you know, on the uh, on the same side, you have you have uh, you have others who, uh, who who tend to seem to be the minority. You know, uh, libertarian types and stuff. Well, uh, who are I mean, wouldn't uh, what can, well, what uh, can you do? Okay, um, here's here's what I generally do when I'm not on the radio. Now, when you're on the radio, you're supposed to be a little combative, and um, you know you can see that just by listening or hear that just by listening. But um, what I generally do is, is I ask them questions uh, about, you know, well, you've got this great idea, this great program. What, what, what are, what's going to happen if I don't want to participate? Say um, you want to, I, I don't know, give me a program. Help me out here. Medicare. Medicare. We want to take care of the, the crippled people. Well, let's say that, um, you know, my, my mom was killed by a crippled person, and I hate crippled people. Um, it's a free country. I get to be as crazy and as mean as I want, right? Um, sure. Let's say I don't want to participate in your crippled person program. What are you going to do to me? I mean, I don't want to pay taxes to. Uh, well, we're going to fine you. You're going to fine me. Yeah, you're, you're going to take my money away. I'm not going to pay the way the you, don't, you forgot that I don't want to pay anything. I'm not going to. Matter of fact, I don't want to pay any taxes. I don't want to play. Well, what are you going to do? 
well, we're going to bring you to court. Well, I'm and okay. I may, what if I don't go? What if I say I'm still not playing, not going to court? I'm not going to show up when you summons me. Well, we're going to send the police after you. Well, what if I say I don't want to b- go with the police? Well, they're going to force you to go. How are they going to force me? They're going to hold me down and hog tie me? Yes. You have a pretty violent program, don't you? You hog tie people to make you make them do what well, you want. Well, if you would just do what we're asking you, then you're you not get asking fu- me. You're telling me. You're violent. You don't want to help now, people, do now don't, you? Don't go um, after them as, as vociferously as I have just gone after my uh, my friend here. And, but, uh, you know, point out that their program is violent. Mm-hmm. They don't realize it because they haven't looked at it that way. Because they really just want to save the spotted owl or help the poor people. Mm-hmm. But they're violent. Really, really violent. Or you could, uh, I mean, I don't know, that, that's, it's an interesting approach to go against somebody who's being somewhat combative with you. But on the other hand, if you're talking with somebody and you can find issues you agree on, I find it best to actually focus on those. For instance, if you're talking to somebody, say you're talking to a lefty, and they like the idea of legalizing marijuana, then tell them that you agree uh, with them on that. And, and the reason why you agree is because of this, you know, and then go through the reasons as to how the libertarian principle of nonviolence and non-aggression uh, ties in there. And so hopefully you can, you can sort of transition them from their current belief system to understanding why it is you believe what you believe. And then later on down the line, you can show them how that principle applies to issues that they don't necessarily agree with you on, if that makes sense. Yes. Anything else on your mind? Uh, hooray capitalism. Thanks, Neil. We appreciate the call. And, and that's also something else, is using terms like capitalism. I, I stay away from that. That's in, in my book, uh, that's a word that I will not use, and that's simply because it's misunderstood. When people hear the word capitalism, they think taking advantage. They think it's big businesses taking advantage of the little guy, exploiting labor. It's Walmart. Right. And if you want to stay away from that, I prefer free market. I don't think free market is quite as uh, a decimated word like capitalist or anarchist is. And so, therefore, be careful with the words that you use as well. Words are powerful. Words are tools. Choose them wisely. Let's go to... Paul in Maryland. We're trying him for a second time. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. And I guess Paul's gone. Well then, 800-259-9231. I said we had an email in, and uh, this one came in from Matt. He says, so I was talking with my friends about politics, uh, and my friend thinks that in my dream anarcho-capitalistic world, which again, two words I wouldn't use, Microsoft would take over the world. I wondered what you thought. Well, um, it's ridiculous. Because how would they take over the world? With an army. An army? A Microsoft army. <laughs> they're going to have, they're going to dress people up in little blue suits and they're going to give them guns and they're going to take over the world in that manner? I guess that's the idea. No, I, mean, I would think that the, that the idea would be that they would uh, somehow edge out competition everywhere. No, no, no. He means take over the world. He means physically uh, take over a country. Let's just start with America because it's ludicrous to believe First of all, that Microsoft could take over the world. But Microsoft, Bill Gates, $56 billion, I guess is what he's worth. or It's probably more than that by now, but that's the last number that I heard a few years ago. Well, the problem is is that his friend can't add. Because if you take all the Walmart people, all, you know, the, uh, mm-hmm. the Waltons, I believe, yeah. um, Sam Walton's uh, progenies, yeah. and you add up their wealth, it's more than uh, Bill Gates. Well, let's say so they all got together. Walmart will, will beat up your Microsoft. What if they all got together, though, Mark? What if this uh, cabal of Microsoft slash Walmart decided to just take over America. Could it be done? 
The answer is no. Okay, I don't know. And the reason why is because of economic incentives. See, businesses have an incentive to satisfy customers, to provide a product and a service that customers like. Now, you may or may not like Microsoft or Walmart's products. That's up to you. But for the most part, America is pretty happy with them. That's why they keep shopping at Walmart and keep buying Windows. Okay, So these are very popular products, and Microsoft and Walmart have been made very, very wealthy and rich voluntarily. They've gotten their billions on their own. They didn't have to pass a law to ensure that people gave money to them like the government does. The government has to take money from you at gunpoint by force because they don't have a product or service to offer. The government claims up and down that it has all kinds of services, but it's not offering them uh, in the free market. It is not offering them on a voluntary basis. You are not choosing to deal with government. You're dealing with them because you have to. Now, so Walmart and uh, Microsoft have gotten all of this money by selling a product and a service to, and services to people that want them voluntarily. So now they're going to completely change their demeanor. What we're talking about here is them completely shifting from a positive organization that is helping people and giving them products and services to a destructive organization that is going to try to take over America. Now, we're presuming the government is out of the picture for them to fight against. We're just going to presume that there's no government around and Microsoft decides to try to take over America by force. Well, they're going to have to buy tanks. They're going to have to buy uh, higher mercenaries. They're going Because I doubt you're going to be able to hand guns to the cashiers and have them um, attack their neighbors. That's probably not going to work too well. So they're going to have to hire mercenaries to subjugate the entire population of America. It's going to cost a lot of money. Let's presume that it's let's lowball it and presume it's just going to cost a few billion dollars. Bill Gates has 56. Let's say it'll cost him five billion dollars to to hire these mercenaries. Ridiculous. Um, it's cost you know it's been half a trillion dollars to the war in Iraq to think to think that you're going to yeah, occupy. these are private companies so they're going to do it a little more effectively they're going to uh, they're going to have a little more incentive to buy carefully so let's say they do it for 5 billion dollars well they've already thrown that 5 billion dollars down a rat hole that's money that they're not going to recoup now see businesses are used to investing money and getting a return on their investment there's no return on investment on this one you're just going to subjugate a people and that's going to cost lives, it's going to cost bullets, it's going to cost bombs. So some of these mercenaries are going to start dying because Americans aren't just going to roll over and uh, take this by Walmart or, uh, or Microsoft. They're going to fight back. So Americans who have the right to bear arms are going to bear those arms and fight back against these mercenaries. And, of course, they're going to have to hire foreign mercenaries or something because what mercenaries are going to want to fight against their brethren, uh, their brethren, their countrymen? It's going to be hard to get Americans to fight against Americans. But nonetheless, let's say it happens and the conflict begins and Americans start to die and the mercenaries start to die. Well, eventually, um, Walmart's going to have to buy some more mercenaries. Of course, the mercenaries are going to raise their prices because all these other mercenaries are dying at the hands of armed Americans. So now they're going to have to spend more billions of dollars, maybe another 10 or 15 billion. And that doesn't include the bombs and, and guns and equipment that they're going to need to buy. I mean, old Bill Gates is going to run out of money really quickly here, presuming that he can even find arms merchants in America that are willing to finance the overthrow of their entire country. I mean, this is just insanity to believe this is even a possible scenario. More's on the way. You take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show, the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll free lines, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Talking about an absurd suggestion. 
an emailer emailed in to, to ask why is it or, or how could it, it could it be possible for Microsoft to take over the world? Well, it's not even possible for Microsoft to take over America, let alone the entire world, for reasons uh, for one of the reasons we pointed out in that it costs a lot of money to wage war and. Right. The only organization that uh, is going to wage war is a government because they have the thing called taxation. Ah, uh, no, no. Not only do they have taxation, but this is another important point. The government has the printing press mm. and the ability, the legal monopoly over printing money. Microsoft does not have that ability. For instance, Mark, if I came to you and handed you some Ian Bucks, would you accept them as a <laughs> valuable uh, commodity? I might accept them in order to make you feel better, but I don't expect to be able to use them in right. the store to purchase anything. Right. Similarly, if Microsoft just started printing out micro bucks, would they be able to take them and buy a bunch of uh, missiles with them? No. No, they're going to have to use real hard uh, capital of some sort. They're either going to tra- uh, trade their goods and services for something, or they're going to have to use cash or gold or bearer bonds or something like that. Right, so that's another reason why Microsoft cannot take over America by force. They don't have an unlimited money supply as the government does. That's how the government finances its wars. You think it's through taxes, but it's actually through the printing press. They just flip on the printing press, print out as much money as they need to, and then they transfer it over to the uh, the people that create the arms, the Whomever, people that yeah. create the weapons. So Microsoft can't do that. Also, another factor is... If Microsoft were to wage war on America by force, by bombs and tanks and uh, troops, then it would not take long for the resistance, the militias that would spring up, the Americans that would be fighting back to realize, okay, who's behind Microsoft? Bill Gates and uh, his chief in command. And, you know, you could get a list of all of the people that are in charge over there and take them out. And if you take out the heads of this organization... What's going to happen to the rest of it? Are the mercenaries going to keep fighting if they aren't getting paychecks? No. No, they're not. (laughs) That's why they're called mercenaries. They like to get paychecks. So it's just absolutely ludicrous to believe that a company, a for-profit company, would ever turn around their business model and try to take over a country, at at least a country where you're free to bear arms in America. Ludicrous. Well, I'm not not entirely sold on that, but, uh, you know... I, you make some good points. You're not entirely sold? What what possible way could Microsoft take over America? Well, once you um, subjugate a people, then... Um, you How have are the, they going to subjugate a people? Well, perhaps they do it uh, in small regions at a time rather than trying to take over America in, in, in mass. They're going to start losing mercenaries in a small region. If Microsoft just tries to take over Redmond, Washington, where they're based out of, there are going to be people with guns there to fight against their mercenaries, and every mercenary they kill... War has always been profitable um, it, to some extent or another. That's, I mean, huh? no, but war For has, who? Well, pfft. For conquering nations. There's stuff out there that we want that we can get by conquering these people so they can, you know, they, they spread out. That's what Genghis Khan's whole concept was constantly conquer, constantly conquer. Mm-hmm. So um, there is some profit to this. I mean, you can get stuff for free. Um, I suppose, but you're suggesting that Americans would just roll right over and, and essentially be slaves for Microsoft once they conquered their area? Who knows what they would intend to do? Um, well, if you believe that Americans are like that, then yes, you're right. Then there is a possibility. If you believe America, if you believe Americans well, are just going to roll over for their conquerors and not continue to resist and not continue to fight back, Americans are going to always have governments. Um, whether they're, you know, whether it's uh, this free marketeer society that you talk about, it's going to be voluntary governments, or whether it's a um, the United States government. There's always going to be somebody telling you what you can do and what you can't do. 
I support a smaller government, but not uh, a um, one that's disappeared. The reason is I don't want somebody to come in and fill that void. What's that have to do with Microsoft uh, t- subjugating Americans? Well, Americans are going to realize. Well, I, you know, I mean, I had these, uh, I had a government before. They're just, you know, essentially doing the same thing. Um, so, you know, I, I might as well settle for this. But these are people that are killing their their friends and family members. You think that Americans would they settle probably, for that? They probably wouldn't conquer in a land war sort of uh, manner. I mean, does the United States conquer in a land war sort of manner? They, um, you know, they control us through police and that kind of thing. They would probably conquer um, whatever organizations were doing the governing at that point. In I told you that the scenario uh, suggests that there is no government uh, to fight against. Oh, there's always going to be a government, um, you know, because people well, are... Well, in that case, what, what would Microsoft are, the reason to, to start up? If there's a government with tanks and bombs and an arsenal already, then they would suppress Microsoft from starting up their own arsenal. It would never happen. It would never start in the first place. Uh, you're going to have governing organizations, whether those governing organizations are voluntary or involuntary. Mm-hmm. People are going to have to have insurance company-type organizations to um, handle their interactions with others. Otherwise, you know, I mean, total... Total anarchy with no government at all is not going to be a good thing. Um, people aren't – it's not going to be peaceful. Uh, well, I wouldn't call that anarchy. It, that would be the free market, and I absolutely believe that would be a good thing. I, I don't think it would be peaceful. Uh, because people using force on others is not peaceful. So how, can, how you can suggest that having a if, government around is peaceful with, is ludicrous. Do you not understand that there will be a government one way or the other? Like, there's never going to not be some kind of government. Now, there may not be a monopolistic only government, mm-hmm. but people will choose who governs them. There's going to be a government every single time. I don't agree with that. Okay. Iceland didn't have a, uh, a, a monopolistic government. What did they do when people invaded? Uh, well, they, they lost. Okay. Yeah. 1-800-259-9231. Actually, I don't remember if anybody invaded per se. I think it was... Something about a king. I don't remember how Iceland changed from its its uh, free market society into its government society. It had something to do with a, a king of some sort. Somebody filled the void. Well, I don't know if there was a void per se. It's just that uh, they sold out. The people that they had, they had sort of given some power to s- sort of sold out to a king of a different country. Anyway, um, so I guess I've I've completely lost at this point as to how it is that you think Microsoft could possibly take over America. I'm saying that Microsoft could take out whatever governing agencies are in existence mm-hmm. and monopolize in that manner. I don't see that as being possible. Once they're in the majority of people that have them, well, that's fine. I mean, at this point, you're you're so far into the theoretical yeah. that I mean, there's there, it's 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 almost amorphous. Yeah, I agree. Let's go to Paul in Maryland. We're trying him for the last time. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Paul. Hey guys, I, I knew you were going to say last time. <laughs> Do you have me? Yeah. What what's on your mind? Hey, um, um, I have a con- I have a, a two concerns. One of the concerns is that when when people call in about migration and they're, they're talking about um, foreigners coming to this country, especially you know from Mexico, and they're working here, how come how come the anger is directed toward the the individuals coming over and nobody's addressing the employer if we if we are if we already have laws about immigration, especially about the like the I nine form, but you can't hire somebody who doesn't have residency here and who's not here legally. You know, how come the employers are not being addressed with this? Do you support this I-9 form? No, no, no. I don't support it. But what I'm saying is is that, like, uh, the other day, Adam called in, mm-hmm. and he was he was very upset about these people coming over here and taking jobs from where he's where he, in his neighborhood. 
And and I'm like, well, if you're so upset about that, talk why to the employer. Directing your anger toward the government because the government's supposed to prohibit it to begin with. An excellent question. Yeah, well, the government is the problem. And, uh, and Paul, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. It's the government welfare that's the problem when it comes to immigration. More's on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition. You take control of the airwaves, toll-free 800-259-9231, and bring up whatever you want. That's the Packaday toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark? You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams there, a broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version for you, for free, at freetalklive.com. And register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Attaining Economic and Personal Freedoms in America's Freest State. This three-day event, February 23rd through the 25th, will be held convention-style in historic Concord, New Hampshire, with some of the program taking place in the State House. Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That is freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. We go to the phones to the fun. Chris in Georgia, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark on the Amplifier line. Hello. Yes. Hey, Chris. Um, I was reading an article that scared the living daylight out of me. What was it? It was uh, about Second Life. Okay. Apparently, so. I was just going to say, Second Life is a computer simulation that allows people to create an avatar for themselves, a digital representation of themselves, and uh, essentially fly around this uh, digital realm where people can purchase and sell products and property and build things in, as they call it, Second Life. So what was it you were reading about Second Life? That as of right now, uh, you don't have to. You only have to take the. You only have to declare income tax on that if you cash out and get cash back from whatever your property on uh, Second Life okay. property or earnings on Second Life. Um, this is quoting uh, Reuters that uh, government economists were saying that the House and Senate would soon be considering whether also to levy, levy taxes on property and currency left inside the system. Yeah, it's not a surprise. Uh, what you're talking about, again, in Second Life, people can actually take U.S. dollars and convert them into an in-game currency called Linden. Uh, was it Linden dollars or Linden, Linden bucks or something? Anyway, you can buy this in-game currency, and then you can spend and save and sell, and you can actually do commerce in the game. So you're saying that right now they want to tax you when you cash out. Uh, that's what they're currently doing. But if you don't cash out... They want to go after the people that are in the game spending money. So they want to somehow come up with a system, of a tax system, to impose upon this game, this game world. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty outrageous. Uh, do you think the second lifers are going to have anything to say about it, or are they just going to sit back and take it? I hope they have something to say about it. I'm not a second lifer myself. I've started getting into it, and then my computer doesn't support the software, but... Well, the problem's going to come, the, the real question is going to be, will the, the software company actually sit back and, and will they stand for this? Because what the government is talking about here is going to, is going to require them to, uh, to, to create special code, basically. It's going to require them to work for free 
Or maybe the government will pay them a percentage. You know, sometimes they do that. The government gives a retailer a percentage of a tax to give them an incentive to collect it. Well, either way, they're going to be requiring the programmers of the game to go in and program an entire taxation system into the game to tax their users. And, and really, that's where the, re, uh, the resistance is going to have to come in. The users are going to have to tell this company, look, either stand up to the government on this and refuse to do this programming, or we're just going to quit playing your game. That's what's going to have to happen. And Chris, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I really hope that doesn't come about, but knowing the government, they'll, they'll do it if they think they can get away with it. Oh, sure they will. And, you know, like you said, it's really nothing new um, in the sense that, uh, you know, they've been taxing... When when you go into these uh, virtual worlds, and uh, this isn't the only one um, where this happens, where you go into these virtual worlds and somehow you make money on the operation, um, I mean, I don't know. You haven't produced anything. Nothing's been created or no, destroyed. You've just been transferring money, and you know how government feels about money transferring around. Yeah, every time money changes hands, they feel like they should get a piece of it. Right. And that's just wrong. Well, I mean, that's because they're marauders. They're a band of violent thugs. And they deserve to be opposed at every possible turn. And I, I wish them the best of luck in uh, rebuffing these efforts on the government's part to take control of this world. You know, basically, they just feel like you can't do business with anybody. You can't exchange money with anybody in any ma- manner or another without them getting a piece of it. Yep. And everybody out there knows that they, any opportunity they get, when they go to a, a yard sale, they don't pay tax. Nobody collects taxes. And nobody expects taxes to be collected. I don't know. Where uh, my girlfriend Julia came from in Florida, there was a yard sale permit you had to buy hmm. for 10 bucks. Yeah. I mean, $10, that's a, good t- uh, that's a good chunk of any yard sales take. I mean, you have to sell a bunch of stuff to get 10 bucks at a yard sale. And um, how much did you pay for that stuff? I mean, you know, it's it's right. already a, a loss operation anyway. Right. And they want $10 out of my loss. Or get else you're going to get arrested or fined or something like that. Can you imagine that, being busted by the garage sale police? Crooks. 1-800-259-9231. Crooks, but yet you still want to live, you still want your governments. You still got to have your government, don't you, Mark? Well, of course I do. I think that, uh, I think you need a small one. Small band of crooks. Small band of crooks. Sergeant Brent Bretz has had 57 operations since he lost both legs in Iraq, according to ABC News. Bretz, who's 24, is getting care at Brook Army Medical in San Antonio and expects to be discharged soon on 100% disability. But he'll need some more surgery and is counting on the Veterans Administration to pay for it. Oh, well, of course, that means the taxpayers paying for it. Advances, well, that's what, that's what was promised him when he started. That's true. Advances, but I want to make it clear that it's not the VA that's paying for it, it's you and I. Mm-hmm. Advances in body armor and battlefield medicine mean soldiers are surviving injuries that would have killed them in past wars. Right. Some will need lifetime care, which means the government's facing a massive bill. A huge bill. According to a recent research by the Columbia, Univer- uh, by Columbia University, caring for Iraq's wounded will cost the government up to tw- uh, as much as, perhaps more, $127 billion. That, uh, that, uh, the costs that we see today are just the very, very tip of an enormous iceberg, according to the expert. More than a quarter of returning Iraq veterans are filing claims for permanent service-related disabilities, and the researchers say the VA hospitals are already overwhelmed. Quote, we essentially have another entitlement program like a mini-Medicare situation, says Blimes. We have a large amount of costs that's going to go on for many years, and we have the Veterans Administration, which is completely ill-equipped and underfunded. 
Vietnam vet Bob Moeller, head of Veterans for America, says the VA did not adequately care for his generation. Without more funding, he says, the VA will fail this generation of soldiers, too. He says, we as a society are going to have to step up, recognize our tragic past of our earlier generation of, of vets, and not allow that to be repeated for our children. Well, it's easy to talk, mister, but actually doing something about it is a whole other story. It's going to cost a lot of money. It's going to cost a lot of money, and even if they dump a bunch of money into this program, it's still not going to fix the problems, because the problem is socialist medicine, and that's what the VA is. The VA is a perfect example of what the socialists love to call universal health care, in that every veteran is supposed to have access to so-called free health care for the rest of their lives. Well, many of them choose not to go because it's just so bad. Well, Sure. Well, then, and that's their choice. They can choose not to go, but a lot of them choose to go because it's so-called free. Right. And they, it's socialism. It's central, central control, central redistribution of wealth, and this never works out the way it's intended to. And we've see, there's example after example. Talk to people in the military. Ask them what their experiences with the, the VA administration are. I guarantee you most anybody you talk to is going to have negative experiences to recount. This is, it's just a bad system. And it doesn't matter if you dump another $300 billion in. The problems of socialism will not dissipate because of a bunch of money being dumped into the system. Right. The VA isn't motivated in the same way other health care providers are motivated. If I go to the hospital and I feel like I'm getting um, substandard care, I'm going to go to a different hospital. The VA says, oh, you're going to go someplace else? Well, good. Get out. Because that way we don't have to pay for you. They're not motivated in the same way. Now, the article claims that the VA has made great improvements in recent years. Its hospitals now, according to the article, offer they some have air of the, conditioning now. They, <laughs> now, they're claiming they offer some of the best medical care in the world, Mark. Sure, why wouldn't they claim that? Last October, Sergeant Lee Jones was injured in an IED explosion in Iraq. 45% of his body was burned, and he could barely move. With a team of specialists working on his injuries at the uh, VA hospital in Tampa, he's made enormous strides. He hopes to move back to his native North Carolina soon. I couldn't talk, but now I can walk and talk normal things, says the Army sergeant. Come back with more on this, 800-259-9231. What do you do about this? I mean, you've promised all of these veterans lifetime benefits, lifetime medical care, and the VA just can't deliver. How do we reconcile this problem? What is this? What is the pro freedom solution on this one? 800-259-9231. That's the toll free number. You take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves here. Even in the remaining moments of this live Saturday edition, 800-259-9231. The packet eight toll free lines. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all of the features there. We give them away. If you like Free Talk Live, you like the website, you like all those features, and you like the fact that it's all for free, well, then maybe you want to voluntarily support the show for 3 bucks a month. That's all we're asking for. The AMP program is what it's about, amp.freetalklive.com. You go there, you learn more about the, uh, the program. It's very simple. The idea is you send us $3 a month on a voluntary basis, and we turn it around into getting more new radio stations on board with the show, more new Internet listeners on as well amp.freetalklive.com to learn more, to get access to, uh, or to, to get access and learn more about the perks, the, because you do get uh, classic archives, you do get access to the amplifier-only fo- uh, phone lines and more, amp.freetalklive.com. Great way to support the show and completely voluntary. Now, 
the VA, the Veterans Administration, they promise when you join the military that one of the perks that you get is you get lifetime medical care from the VA. And, you know, that sounds pretty good to somebody who's looking to get sort of taken care of down the line. Whether or not they blow off their legs or not is, isn't, in the, isn't the question. It's just this whole concept of free medical care. Sweet perk. And so that's kind of an attractive thing. If you're close to a hospital, it might be a, a better thing. But I've, I know many veterans who had to drive an hour to get to the hospital, an hour to get back. Right. And then you actually have to, uh, I guess, make a claim, I guess, file a claim with the VA according to, to actually get the care. According to uh, the expert that, at the Columbia University that researched this, the VA hospitals are falling further behind every year in evaluating the claims of the vets seeking health care. In 2004, the VA had a backlog of 400,000 cases. Wow. And people are saying that the VA is doing a great job. Yeah. 400,000 case backlog? Well, no, it's saying it's doing a great job with the people that it actually gives the health care to. Mm, fine. Uh, and, of course, that's ignoring all of the stories we've heard from vets, or I've heard from vets over the years, that are claiming that the VA is trying to kill them. Because, well, I mean, they've got such a backlog, they want to kill off their vets, that way they can, their workload goes down. I, that's not my allegation. That's the allegation of a former uh, soldier that I know per, I knew personally. Anyway, now I said 400,000 cases backlogged in 2004, but last year, in 2005, it was 500,000 cases. And now, in 2006, the backlog is 600,000 cases. So it doesn't sound like they're moving things through the system any more efficiently. In fact, the backlog is building and building, and that's just a two-year change, and the big wave of returning Iraqi veterans hasn't even hit the VA yet. So what's it going to be in 2010? 10,000. No, no, no. Oh, excuse me, a million. A million. The VA strongly disputes that study, calling those numbers misleading. Now, we know that the government wouldn't... Uh, the government's so honest. Dear we God, trust they the, wouldn't mislead anyone. We should trust the government over Columbia University scientists. The VA says only a small fraction of the veterans that it cares for are from current wars. This year, more than 5.4 million veterans will receive health care at the VA, of which just over 150,000 are vets from Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom. That doesn't even dispute the claim. That's not even a counterclaim against the backlog. They say there's 600,000 backlogged cases, and the VA counters that by saying, oh, that's misleading. Only a small fraction of the veterans are from current wars. <laughs> what? In a written statement, the VA... I guess it's countering that uh, the number is going to go up. I don't know. In the, in the written statement... Yeah, it, uh, it's bizarre. Well, it, in a written, you know, it's it's they just give you an unrelated fact and yep. hope you fixate on that. In a written statement, the VA told ABC News it carefully quote prepares for the future costs so that it can continue to deliver the services veterans need. Wounded veterans like Jones and Bretts are counting on that promise, and I hope they don't talk to too many other um, veterans in their travels because they're going to get kind of bummed out when they hear all the stories that we've heard. Stories about uh, them just essentially being sidelined and ignored and given uh, inaccurate treatment, bad treatment, bad prescriptions, prescriptions designed to hurt them. In fact, maybe some even designed to kill them. I've heard nothing but negative stories about the VA. And even if there's some, some positive stories in there, and I'm sure there are, it doesn't justify what it is. And that is a socialist medicine paradigm. Now, we've talked about government programs and getting rid of them on this show in the past. For instance, Social Security. We've talked about a really in interesting way to get rid of Social Security and replace it with nothing. 
And the idea was to sell government property. The There's all kinds of government lands throughout America. Sell them off to the highest bidder. Take the uh, this is this is Harry Brown's idea from his 2000, 1996 presidential campaigns. You take that windfall, those, that big amount of money that's going to come from those sales, and then you buy essentially savings accounts, private savings accounts for those Social Security recipients who are expecting their Social Security and expecting to continue to receive their Social Security. You just buy off some pr- sort of a private account that will pay out their Social Security until they die, and then that's it. And then we can eliminate the program. That way you and I can keep all of the money we earn from here on out. Now, that's something that is tangible. It makes sense. It's a big big concept, but something that you can think of as something that's possible to do. I've never once thought of how we can rescue these soldiers from the Veterans Administration. And it seems much more difficult than it would uh, than just getting rid of Social Security. How can we apply a pro-liberty solution to this? How can we rescue them from the clutches of this Socialist Veterans Administration? In the same way, uh, many veterans have taken money um, in order to give up their uh, veterans' uh, benefits. Really? My dad did. Where'd the money come from? The government? They just the government, sort of yeah, gave him a payout? Just, yeah, gave him a payout. Payout and just go to private, basically? Was yeah, the idea. well, you know, I mean, he just gave up his, uh, you know, schooling benefits, uh, any hospital benefits, everything from being in the Korean War. He, he took uh, some kind of payment, and hmm. um, that was it. So then that would be the solution then. So mm-hmm. take some of those windfall profits from the government land sales and uh, rescue, release all of these poor soldiers from uh, the clutch of the VA. Is that a bad idea? 800-259-9231, the packet A toll-free line. I think uh, many veterans would like that option. Now, how was it that your father got that option? How did he... I don't know the answer. Um, it would have happened long before I was born, but he just said he took a payout and that was it. I wonder if they just came to him or was he looking for it? I mean, is is that an option? Can veterans uh, go to the VA and say, look, I don't want your service anymore. I'd like my buyout. Is that an option? For I'm people? not saying that uh, simply because it happened to him in the 60s that uh, it necessarily would have been option, um, you know, offered to people today. I mean, there's no guarantee of that. 1-800-259-9231. Let's go to Mike in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Now, what were the reasons why you said uh, Microsoft was a better product at a better price or something along those lines? I didn't say anything about Microsoft being a better product. I just said that they sold their product on a voluntary basis, and people all over America have purchased it on a voluntary basis. Okay. And I, I believe that they purchased it on a voluntary basis because they didn't know any better and that it is a very poor operating system, and there's okay. something much better out there. What's that? Uh, Linux. It's it's more secure. It's more powerful. It's more reliable. Yeah, but it's not very user-friendly. Yeah, it's hard It's hard for idiots like me to use it. Well, ha- have you tried it lately? Uh, I lately. have. I have, and, and uh, I mean, I, I've tried what it within the last few years. have you tried? Oh, gosh. Uh, Red Hat, I guess? or it, it's with Oh, a, my gosh. Red Hat is, is virtually non-existent anymore. Well, it was I mean, a couple years so ago. Outdated. It, it was a couple well, years ago, but, I mean, the software is not oh, there for the Linux. Jeez. Two years. Uh, Linux has advanced tremendously. Their general user interface is, is, uh, is much, much simpler to use than ever before. It's free. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would suggest that you try try a live distribution so you don't have to install it. You like Napix? Okay. Now, um, hold on just a second. It's basically Windows is quote unquote free because um, you can't buy a lot laptop without it. Well, you know that's a big problem, and and that's where you say a lot of Americans voluntarily 
purchase uh, Windows because when you go out and buy a computer at Best Buy or wherever you go buy your computer, it has to have an operating system on it because you don't know anything about computers. Actually, so Walmart uh, sells laptops without window, uh, Windows. Oh, that—that huh. that is true. You wi not anymore though. They don't. Um, I believe that they actually have their own operating system. Walmart has a. I, it probably is based on Linux, but Walmart has a uh, their own operating system, and I believe that is still true. Well, I, I'm. It, it's not. It's not widely sold. It's not widely advertised. If you go to their website, mm -hmm. you might have a little bit of difficulty finding it. Uh, whereas if you walk into any store anywhere, you can always find Windows. I mean, that's that's the de facto operating system. Well, sure. They've, but, they've been around a lot longer. Uh, I mean, li Linux has only really gotten into the mainstream over the past few years. And I wish them the best of luck if they can continue to refine their product and make it easier to use and get it out there well, into people's hands, well, then great. That it is. It is much more refined now. Uh, I would suggest that you take another try at it. Go go and download the latest version of Nopix 5.02. It is a little bit old. It's six months old. Uh, and after you realize or learn how to use it, uh, you can See, that's the other problem, the learning curve as well. Like, I know Windows inside and out, and I really just don't have time to learn an entirely new operating system. But I appreciate the suggestion. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. And, I mean, it's me. I'm a computer guy, and I just don't have time to learn this stuff. So I hope they make it easier and more accessible, and, and best of luck to them. We'll be back uh, Monday night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. Have a good weekend. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.